I sat down and I was like, mm, I need to make sure I get more of this before we start. And then I didn't. <laughs> it's grand. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and start this thing off to let everyone know. We totally had an episode that was going to come out last week. And it was easily the greatest episode that we've ever come out with. So you guys really missed out on my mistake of definitely mm-hmm. not recording part of it and then letting my recorder go out. And then even in an attempt to put it together, I just still deleted everything because, um, you know, I'm all about the, I'm all about the suspense and we, you know, we can't show our cards too much on this podcast or we'll get more than 15 followers and that's not okay with me. I like to keep it niche (laughs) and right in the pocket. 15, uh, the people that matter the most can listen. (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) We say, we save the best for us anyway. So yeah. (laughs) You know, exactly. we're sort of like uh, Dr. Dre. Like, we won't put anything out there in the universe. I say, I, I say that to myself in we the mirror think it's every day. Like the highest quality. You know, me, you're sort of like Dr. Dre. Uh, the good news is the name of the episode is definitely going to be Forgot About Dre, <laughs> which I'm sure was already an episode, but yeah, it's going to be probably a different context. That's true. that's great uh if you want to get access to the old episode you just got to go through their last 50 episodes and pick up each nugget about anything that might be a secret and then you'll be able to find it (laughs) that's right that's right we've we've built in easter eggs (laughs) unintentionally but unintentionally because we're we're that uh prescient right (laughs) And also, if you will email us with the definition of prescient. <laughs> yeah, I was about to we say, will. what does that mean? I didn't want to look silly. What, what does the no, word prescient mean? Eddie? No, we'll, we'll shout them out. We'll shout them out in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it, Eddie. Don't let them know. No, we'll, I'm not. We'll, I'm not. I'm, again, I, like I said, I keep the best of myself, you know? <laughs> That's right. The most important thing is that you know that you have a good vocabulary, <laughs> even if the people around you don't understand the words you're saying. And even if they're not real words, not that present isn't a real word, it probably is, but even if they're not real words, you just have to commit to it and then just sell it, you know? Confidence is everything in this world, man. You just gotta... (laughs) It's right. That's right. Fake it till you make it, Uh, right? Speaking of confidence, guys, I finally watched the... Well, I guess it's on Showtime. I went ahead and paid for uh, two months of like Showtime for $2 or something like that. I'm I'm betting on myself to remember to cancel it. Um... (laughs) I put uh, sticky notes for me when I have to remember to cancel stuff. Stuff on my phone doesn't work. It's got to be like a tangible sticky note on my computer. That's fair. Uh, and there's the kind of two-episode doc about the comedy store. And mm-hmm. uh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. It made me so happy to watch that and watch all those people just talk about something that they all care a whole lot about. It was super interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I need to. I keep seeing it on there actually because we have Showtime too. Oh, nice! That's for guys. We guys, in case you forget, this is just Jeremy's side thing. He's he's raking in the dough. He's living that actor life with all the, <laughs> the, the with all the media coming out. Um, <laughs> That's right. 
he and all my he and my friends that are in the Met and you know all the West End shows and the stuff on Broadway, they're thriving right now uh, through this <laughs> pandemic. So just make sure to just keep doing whatever you want to do and uh, don't care about anyone that performs or entertains you at all. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, you just oh, moved into right. Bel Air next to Will Smith, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and and Will Smith. Few people know he actually still lives in Bel Air. He does. <laughs> Did you know, this is a complete side note, but did you know that uh, this, you can uh, get that house on Airbnb? Side note. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep going down different trails, different rabbit holes. You can get the uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air house that they use for exteriors in the show. Yeah. That house is available like not as expensive. an Airbnb. It's not even It's not expensive. very expensive either, yeah. And they have, obviously they didn't shoot the show there, but they have like all these little Fresh Prince touches apparently around the place. And people say it's really cool. I would totally do that. That's, I mean, my 30th birthday is coming up. That sounds like something that I would do if there's still a world. Hey, just you, make sure you should totally come to LA on your 30th birthday, Victor. And you should too, Eddie. We could celebrate out here. And your birthday is on my anniversary too. So exactly. I'm sure Julie would let me go party with you guys for a night. <laughs> that, was, that, that, honestly would, that was that was Jeremy realizing anniversary he made a mistake. <laughs> he, you, you only no. turned 30 once Julie knows you guys know you only turned 30 once that's so true I that's true sure. yeah you guys both experienced the, the evening that I turned 30 uh, so, yes. so, and all I'm saying all I'm saying is I want to have something kind of tangentially related so <laughs> there you go that's it but it won't happen if no one votes so please that's vote. right you must that's vote right. or I don't gonna, get a 30th birthday <laughs> I'm going to vote this next week, actually. I voted I, on what's the 16th. Which day was the 16th? That's the day that I voted. Uh, that was Friday? Yeah. My that ballot is in my hand right now. I am oh, nice. going to stamp it and lick this envelope uh, in mm. about two hours from now. <laughs> do they have the drop-off boxes in uh, Texas? Well, I know they don't in Texas, but do they have them in Oklahoma? No, I, I mean, the county board is real close to my residence, so I just drove. Oh, gotcha. I just drove the nine minutes to go do my civic duty. Yeah. They really make it pretty convenient in uh, California. Like, there's there's drop-off places all around the city, and you can take it to all these different, you know, voting poll places and everything. And well, when you're talking about they, 55 electoral votes, yeah, they better make it easy, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, gentlemen... uh. Now that we're we are out of all of our side sticky notes, um, there's probably more that we'll bring back later. <laughs> it's been uh, several lifetimes since I last watched a basketball game on TV. At mm -hmm. least it feels that way. Uh, and it's been week. even longer since we talked about it. A lot has happened uh, in this amount of time, including the crowning of an NBA champion. That's right. Uh, I, really, I gotta apologize to the audience and to you guys also. I as 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 much as we're trying to cut down on these side sticky notes, you gotta find we gotta get a Patreon or something to fund our podcast because you said it's been, and I really need bare naked ladies. Yeah, every time I say you. that phrase, that's exactly what happens <laughs> in my brain. It's been I that really needed to happen, just and I had again, to so. work hard to just refocus. Like, thank goodness for meditation. I had to work hard to refocus <laughs> on what you were saying. Like, that's how hard it hit me. I needed bare naked ladies. But I did hear everything you said. And, and, and the king has been recrowned. <laughs> that's right. 
as he said that uh, the the Larry O'Brien trophy had cheated on him and was dirty for four years, <laughs> but is back now and where it right and, and we all know the only way to get clean is to repent and go back to your maker. That's, so. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Actually, you know, did you, you guys? I don't know if you guys watched all of the ceremony stuff after the game, but that was something I found really like it was really awesome because Adam Silver said that. Uh, when he announced the finals MVP, he was like, and this person will, who will probably have a trophy named after him at some point is the winner mm-hmm. of the Bill, Bill Russell finals yeah. MVP, LeBron James. Yeah, I did hear that. I wonder if Adam Silver will be the person to do that. I wonder what trophy it would oh. be. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I would imagine Adam Silver will be doing that job. I mean, I'm thinking about how long David Stern did the job. Yeah. Like, yeah. he'll probably be doing years. the job for at least... Yeah, I was going to say at least two more decades. Yeah. So maybe longer. You know, and he should. He's doing a great job. The best point forward every, every year, the best point player coach, the best player coach, the best franchise, everything is about him. <laughs> player. <laughs> <laughs> How about the player that gets uh, uh, vicious scrutiny from the media year after year after year after year, I no matter how great they are? For me, it doesn't really matter what the award's about. It matters that it looks like LeBron James with, like, his beard, but he is a goat. Like, he's a billy goat with his <laughs> particular beard and, like, two big-ass horns coming out of his forehead with, like, with all of his rings on them yeah, and, like, as also a all of his tattoos. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that Sweet. game six was, uh, I mean, it was a blowout. That. I feel like closeout games like that are always kind of awkward, and they also don't happen very much, but I honestly think Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat gave pretty much all they had in Game 5 to scrape out that victory to push it to 6. But, um, yeah, it was just a little awkward, and like we were messaging each other during the fourth quarter, coming up with fun scenarios of things that LeBron <laughs> could do. <laughs> you know, like chugging champagne on the bench and like, Eddie, you wanted him to like smoke a cigar and play and dunk and try to blow smoke rings and stuff. I wanted I wanted them to give him the trophy and I wanted him to like have the trophy cradled under his left arm or whatever, and then he just dribbles with his right arm for the rest of the game. I think that would have been a nice touch. And then he cradle dunks both of them. Yeah. Like he Oh yeah. Like he since he's in uh Space Jam now, like from half court, he just like runs like up the middle of half court and rocks the cradle on both the things and he stretches his arms out to both goals and dunks them. He could do that too. Oh, I'm yeah. imagining a, a family guy <laughs> style uh, <laughs> cutaway where he just rips the ball off the Larry O'Brien trophy and uses that for the final play of the game instead. <laughs> that would be dunks great. It and it like breaks through the floor. <laughs> that would be oh, perfect. Man. That would be so perfect. I mean, this means so much for LeBron, obviously. I mean, he brought a another championship to the Lakers. Uh, he got his fourth ring. I mean, uh, several people commented on it, and they're totally right. Like, his career is not... It, it, we can't even see when the end of it's going to be right now. I mean, he's still well, clearly the most dominant player in the league. I said this to Eddie, and this is 100% all complete respect to Jimmy Butler because I know that everyone on this particular podcast really respects him. We were talking Mm -hmm. about that game five, and what I had read, it was something pretty poignant, which was Jimmy Butler had that game where he was LeBron James level and then had absolutely nothing left the next game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a really good comment, actually. I mean, 
Yeah, th- that kind of responsibility is is put on LeBron's sh- shoulders so much, you know, especially in the postseason and all these postseason games, all these finals games that he has on his resume. He's been in that position so many times. Um, and earlier on in his career, he got scrutinized because he was unable to get past that, you know, and everyone yeah. was like, he's never going to. I remember the days when people were yelling that he's never going to win a championship for these reasons and stuff. And yeah. those those people are probably still hating on him, but they find different reasons to hate on him. Yeah, I remember the, the joke that uh, if you ask LeBron James for change for a dollar, he'll only give you three quarters. Ooh. And it's like, wow, that how how poorly has that joke aged (laughs) right now i don't think that i would want anyone ever to play in the fourth quarter over lebron james in any oh yeah i mean if it mattered yeah there's no one in the league that is better at helping his teammates be better than lebron james there's no one in the league that is able to take over a game like like diagnose what's happening on the court. And we talked about that a lot with Chris Paul this year because we got to watch him do it with the Thunder. But, I mean, LeBron is the best at that. He's probably the best of all time at that, like diagnosing what is happening and then figuring out a way to score, you know, whether it's getting to the rim or, you know, like he's one of the best passers in the game too, which is crazy. It's one of the things we don't talk about enough. But, I yeah, he's you know, it's pretty insane. He's pretty crazy in that he's just a rare case of, legitimate otherworldly talent also meeting hard work which is just so difficult to compete yeah. against <laughs> yeah I, i've absolutely i have recently come around to the the uh the unpopular take of not trying to compare the greatest to other you know to other great players yeah uh, definitely but one thing that I am confident in and that I can say is that I think based on everything that I have seen, LeBron is the most complete basketball player that has ever lived. He can do everything in the game at the highest level. And there really is no question about it. If you need him to make, to get a defensive stop, he will do it. If you need him to defend a point guard, to defend a center, he will do it. If you need him to get a bucket, he's going to do it. If you need him to make the play, he's going to do it. Set a screen, he's going to do it. And he's probably one of the smartest basketball players that's ever played the game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all of that in combination with his ungodly athleticism and the work ethic that is literally a legend. I Yeah. You know... In terms of what he does on the court, I don't think that you can get any better. I don't think any any basketball player can do it better. And in terms of his career, I think he has probably had a top three NBA career of all time. And he's got at least three more years in him, at least at this level. And then probably another two or three at kind of a lower level. I mean, we could legitimately see this guy get seven championships. I'm not. I, it's not even out of the realm of possibility now. No, I, I I'm feel not like that the out. Lakers could very well threepeat. I really, I feel that. Like Anthony Davis is only going to get better. He's not even in his prime yet. LeBron is going to be LeBron, and they're going to keep bringing in pieces of players that want to win championships. You know, 
they're talking about mm-hmm. already Derrick Rose maybe coming in for next season. You know, I, I'd like to see Chris Paul play with LeBron. I'd like to see Russell Westbrook play with LeBron. I mean, he's just going to mm-hmm. keep getting the the extra talent. I mean, this guy could could end up with the best career ever, you know, on top of being the most complete basketball player of all time. I just have I have so much respect for the dude. All of that. Yeah, I mean, on one last thing, all of that on top of he came into the league with that expectation. No other no other player has ever had that kind of expectation put on them when they joined the league. And he's exceeded the expectation. That is probably the most impressive thing that he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it before on this podcast before. It may have been the last episode that we published. Or maybe it was last week, uh, the one that we didn't, uh, that we didn't get to, to publish. But he is the standard. Like, he he's the standard for what a professional, not just a professional basketball player, but a professional athlete, like, should do. As far as excelling on the court, as far as making his teammates better, as far as doing all the intangible stuff that you just mentioned, Eddie, to, to win for his team... But also, I mean, we could we could probably talk about this too, especially you know with the climate of how the season ended and how our world is like, how he uses his money off the court, and the impact that he makes on things when he sees that something is happening in our country that is not right. You know, like you have to give him a lot of credit for that too, because uh, I mean he's been pretty important in that regard as well. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it can be talked about for a whole lot, and I think that the the very sheer fact that it is talked about a whole lot just kind of means enough that he's he's doing it all at the moment. Yep, yep. I mean, I, I'm we we've talked before you know very fondly about our beloved Oklahoma City Thunder and how you know we feel lucky as fans, even though we've been through some hard times being fans of the team we've been lucky as fans for everything that we've we've gotten as well and in a way we've kind of been spoiled as fans you know watching the team grow and watching all these hall of famers play in oklahoma city and everything um you know i I feel fortunate that we're kind of doing this podcast during you know lebron's era in the nba because uh, he is one of the more special players of all time he really is and he's not done yet i mean he's still got a lot years to go you know whether that's three whether that's five whether that's like seven you know who knows i mean we're probably going to get to see him play with his son because that's what he wants to do and it seems like whatever he wants to do he you know has the willpower to make it happen so um i'm excited about that i'm excited to see what he does going forward with his career after this fourth ring agreed for sure so let's talk about some of the other guys because uh, he's not the only Laker that got a ring. Anthony Davis got his first ring. Rajon Rondo got a ring with the Lakers after also getting one with the Celtics. And by the way, Eddie, uh, I did see on Twitter that there was another player that I had never heard of that has a ring with both teams too. And the fact that I'd never heard of him, maybe that means that it's not that significant. I Honestly, I don't even remember who it was right now. He played for but, uh, in the 50s, but the distinction is he played for the Minneapolis Lakers, not the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. To me, that doesn't count. You know? Well, that's like, the whole argument all the Celtics fans make when the, when the Lakers yeah. are saying, well, we've got 17 championships. Well, five of them were with Minneapolis, so those don't count. But then you got the thing, yeah, well, 11 of those championships for the Celtics were against Mailmen, so whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, you know, as far as the other players, um, you know, what what does this mean for them? You know, like does this change the trajectory of his career? Yeah, Dwight Howard, obviously. Does this change the trajectory of their career? Does it does it make them more revered? You know, in the in the world of uh, the entire NBA, Uh, who who benefits the most from this? Clearly, Dion Waiters. (laughs) Yes, champion. You want to ring. The year that he overdosed on weed gummies on a plane. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, I don't then, think that's ever been done in NBA history. The heat after he won, telling him, saying that they tried to bury him. I, <laughs> I love Dion, <laughs> but he is a clown, Doctor Dion. He is such a clown. Like he oh, did man. he? I don't think he played at all after the first round of the playoffs. I think I was just I, upset I that so no matter what, he was going to get a ring. And I wonder what he would have said if Miami had won. And then Miami was like, here, come get your ring. And he's like, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, he, he would. He would have gone there and been like, I'm a champion. I can imagine. I can see all the posts and everything. <laughs> like, oh, uh, Dion. But yeah, Dw- you know, Dwight I, Howard, man. That was, that was a special thing to see him. He was clearly, yeah. uh, I think, probably in the best place he's been in a long time. And I'm, I'm happy yeah, that. Yeah. What I don't want people to negate is uh, a probably patched up friendship between J.R. Smith and LeBron James. Um, J.R. Mm. didn't get the opportunity to ruin this finals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he did get the opportunity to still be friends with LeBron. And we got to be thinking about that for his own personal psyche. It, he he could have been uh, dead to LeBron, which I don't think you want to be in this league. So, I mean, no, no life for J.R. Smith. That's right. And That's right. now, uh, as I told you guys, JaVale McGee has as many rings as Larry Bird. That's so good. That's he's clearly so one of the good. best ever. This, that, <laughs> that, that's just called equity, you know? Everybody gets what they need. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's nice. I mean, I, I liked this Lakers team a lot. I, I really did. I, I liked them from the beginning of the season. Really, I, I think there's a lot of neat storylines with all these players that, you know, are kind of on the downhill side of their career, but they were able to come together and just, you know, bring together all their experience uh, and, you know, be a really, really good basketball team, a championship basketball team. So that that was fun. I mean, that, that was really fun to see to see those players for Dwight Howard. Like, I don't know if it means redemption for him because we forget like. Long, long ago, in a magical land known as Orlando, he he led the team to the NBA Finals. I think people forget that. And then he kind of was a journeyman for a long time, and he, you know, didn't really contribute much to the teams he was on. But, uh, I mean, he didn't play a, a ton, you know, in, in the last few games. I, I guess we could check his minutes if we want. But, I mean, he definitely contributed to the Lakers being there and being in the oh, spotlight. Yeah, oh, no. and, there were, there yeah, were games he, he where he was did. the one. Yeah, they were first halves where he was the reason why the tide was going the Lakers' way. I mean, they they um, they started him. You know, they made yeah. the change to start him in the finals. Only in game five or no, um, game six did they move away from that. And they they put him yeah. on the bench and then let AD play the center spot. Oh, also big shout out to Avery Bradley. Um, it's I I can't imagine that he feels awesome about it but i'm sure he feels great he's like his, his team won they're gonna they bring him the championship home to him i i it wasn't there reports that he wanted to try and get back in the bubble after he decided not to play the bubble 
I don't remember. I don't yeah, know. I don't remember yeah, either. So much. But That's a I'm tough glad spot, that he got though, one for too. sure, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't, you know, I I can't imagine what that would what that feels like to watch. I mean, yeah, it's got to be weird. Yeah, it's got to be great. I mean, you're probably elated, but there's also part of you that's like, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't want to ever experience that feeling. Frankly. No. Yeah. We got to talk about DG too, guys. Danny Green getting that uh, ring with the, yeah. his third franchise. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You don't, <laughs> you're not, you don't like the DG. I, li- I, I like the DG. I don't dislike him. I just, you know, every, he's fine. <laughs> I, I feel like when you get your championships with the Spurs, like definitely you're important and I'm not ever going to say that your part wasn't important for it, but I'm also like the Spurs won that championship. And if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. It's pretty much the way that organization works. I think, you know, well, he, I remember in that finals that they won, he, he and Kawhi had a game where they, uh, they they went off. Yeah. They went off. Like he had nine threes and Kawhi had seven and it was Mm -hmm. like insane. He was, I, I, I felt like he was a much better, like, offensive player with the Spurs, but he's been, yeah. he's been a solid defender um, with the, the Raptors and now the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he contributed. I, I feel like pretty much everyone on this Lakers team contributed. I mean, oh, I'm looking at their roster right now. I mean, Alex Caruso, definitely. Kyle Kuzma, definitely. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Alex Caruso is someone that I'm actually pretty happy about getting this particular championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I like Caruso. Kyle yeah, Kuzma. I, I, He's got a ring. I, I feel like he, he Alex Caruso doesn't have the uh, the experience or maybe even honestly like the talent level of some of the players that were on that team. But like he always stepped in and he always gave it a hundred percent. It was clear. And he was able to, to make the important plays when he needed to make the important plays too. You know, I, I think true. he deserves credit. He definitely contributed. I've, Quinn cook. I don't, I don't know about Quinn cook. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's already, he's already got some rings anyway with the warriors, but I mean, I'm not sure how much of an impact he had on this Lakers team. I, originally I thought he was going to have more of an impact at the beginning of the year. I was like, Oh man, Quinn cook, his three point shooting is going to help them out a lot. Well, um, I thought he was going to have more just because Bradley was out. So, like, we saw more Danny yeah. Green because of that. And I was yeah. like, okay, and then we'll also see some more Quinn Cook. But I don't know. I don't think... Did he play at all in the finals? I'm not sure Probably. he did. I don't even know that he got any garbage time in the last game. Hold on. I know they left him behind yeah. in the, at the arena when they left on the yeah. bus. <laughs> I saw that. That was... <laughs> they get drunk so fast when they win. I feel well, like that happens every year. They just start well, chugging they just, champagne. Well, they just had like a sport. <laughs> and then Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then just didn't eat and then just alcohol immediately. And then, you know. Mm-hmm. How much how much of that are they actually drinking though? Like they probably also have been working out like nobody's business for the past three months. So I'm sure mm-hmm. if they can have a glass of champagne and then get on a, a boat <laughs> in Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, uh, he was uh, he was he solidly their fourth best player in the whole yeah the whole finals. I'd agree with that. Probably in the playoffs. Yeah, too. actually, if you look at the whole playoffs, he was probably their third best player. Rondo's Rondo's yeah. he he took over that third best spot in the finals as you would expect, but 
the Lakers probably don't win that championship without KCP. You know who doesn't matter on that team, and I really mean it, and I really mean it. Marquise <laughs> Morris. Uh, I got to disagree with you on that because <laughs> he, he's he he. I mean, he made a lot of buckets for them in the finals. A lot I of agree. I'm just saying that he also still does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I just want it to be thing. known Until he through the airwaves. His... Until you said his name, Victor, I, I forgot that he even played for the Lakers. I mean, it's been just, like a week, I, but still. I he, he is one of the most him. replaceable, I think. Exactly. I think the Lakers could get a serious upgrade if they were to get rid of him and pick up Jeremy Grant instead. They die. Yeah, agree. I saw that. We just keep adding to the, the list of former Thunder players that have championships, not with the Thunder. That's right. Yeah, I saw that Jeremy Grant opted out of his uh, Nuggets contract. Does he? I'm know sure they're they not going to not very him? happy about that. Well, here's the thing. I he, think he probably he does. I don't know that he earned what he wants to get paid until like the last month of playing with them. So I'm sure that there were discussions about how much he could possibly get paid staying with them, and if he was worth the time in the rotation. And I think they were like, uh, "Math says no, but we can believe that you'll be good all we want." But <laughs> there are people yeah. that deal with money that have to make these decisions. His yeah. He'll get a good amazing. contract was, somewhere. I mean, that was a big deal. He he really played yeah. well. And I agree. He kept getting better as the playoffs went on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Nuggets aren't going to pay him. I th- I hope that he chooses to go to L.A. I mean, I, that's obviously you want him to play be, for the Clippers. I'm just kidding. That's obviously going to be the place where where you know that's where all the gravity is now. Everyone that's that gonna is be a free, free agent, agent is going to want to go play there. And lots of players are probably going to take minimum contracts to do it, you know? Yeah. Hear me yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. What if he ends up a warrior? Eh. I mean, I see him fitting in on that team pretty well, actually. Yeah, he would He would fit in very well. Yeah. yeah, he could be Draymond's backup, I think. As long as he doesn't go to Brooklyn, then I'll be happy. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, well... That it would be a, another good spot for him, but I don't want that at all. I don't want them to be yep. good at all. <laughs> I just upset. I got to tell the whole, the, all 15 of you guys. Uh, I love Steve Nash, so my heart's breaking in two because I, I want to keep loving him. So there's no good way for Steve Nash to leave this situation where I still love him so much. And, uh, the rest of the league still loves him so much because either he tanks that team and ruins them and does us all a favor <laughs> or, <laughs> or he like tries to do a good job and they're like successful <laughs> and stuff. Well, they could, you know, they could get him ousted because they don't achieve to the way that they think they should, even though it's their fault. That's like, that's really <laughs> what I think is most likely going to happen. Yeah. He'll probably get out of that wanna, big contract years after they've not, because I want to, Gotten to the past the second round of the playoffs. I just want to keep loving him. I wish he would have coached us instead. Uh, I, I, no I love pressure. Jimmy Butler, but I had to root against him. So I, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm actively going to root against Steve Nash. I'm totally fine with it. He, he chose. He chose. Against. You know, as I said, he uh, he made his bed. Now he must lie in it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So let me throw this out to you guys, and I believe that. I messaged it to you as well. So maybe it's kind of already tickling your brain cells. But so uh, 
Jeannie Buss or whoever it is that makes the decisions, you know, they meet with LeBron and they say, okay, what do you need to repeat next year? I would think that he would want to bring up his buddy Chris Paul's name about potentially coming and being the starting point guard next year, especially because it looks like Rondo is out, you know. And I don't uh, think I don't him, I don't think Rondo is out. Rondo opted out because they can now they can like almost double almost triple his salary. I don't think that he'll leave the Lakers. I think he's coming back. Okay, we'll see. But regardless, so I mean, I I could see that that happening. That LeBron telling him do whatever you can do to get CP three, you know, because that could propel this team to even a more dangerous level next season. Now, obviously, CP three has a very difficult contract to trade. Although it is in the last year of his contract, so I'm sure there are things that could be done, but. Do you guys see that as a possibility? Could that happen? No. I don't think a team mm. can have three max players on their roster. I don't think that I don't think the cap will allow that by design. Right? I mean, LeBron I don't, and AD yeah, think, are both making close to 30 million CPs due or probably more than 30 million CPs due like 44 million next year. That right there is I mean, you're looking at almost you're looking at the whole salary cap. You know, yeah, you're looking at like five, 10 million right there. That's easily five players <laughs> that like, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. don't like, I literally do not think that it's possible for CP to go play with the Lakers next season. I don't, I even think if they I were think, to trade everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I know the, I know the ins and the outs of all that money, salary cap stuff. Like I <laughs> can't even begin to scrape the surface on understanding all of that, but it se- to me, it seems like it could happen. The Lakers would have to do some stuff, you know, to make it happen. But if LeBron wants it, and I truly believe that that is something that he would want, you know, and I think that Melo will be in a Lakers jersey next year. I, I think that Melo will be cheap, and, you know, he'll just want to play there. He'll want to finish his career as a Laker with LeBron. And I, I would think the same might be true for Chris Paul. Might be, you know, I don't know what his mentality is, but I'm sure he is the mentality of the rest of the NBA, which is that he wants a ring, you know, he wants a championship. So I, other people have brought it up too. Uh, it's, it's been out there on the internet. So I don't know. Don't I, I, again, I don't know what's legal and what's not with all that money stuff, but it seems like, especially on the last year of someone's contract, something could be done, you know, some finagling could be done to make that work. I guess we'll see. I would love as I mentioned earlier, I would love for Chris Paul to go play with LeBron and get get a championship. Like even, even if it like doesn't happen this this upcoming year, if it happens later, I I, w- I would love it to happen. I think it would be great. Um, yeah, I'm not as convinced as you are about Melo though. I mean, the Lakers had the chance to sign him. He's he's on a minimum contract. You know, they they had the chance to sign him this year and they they chose not to. So I don't know if they really necessarily want him. Maybe I mean at the at the beginning of the season. Well, you, or you, you like know how around he the was, trade deadline, like he was not. I mean, when did he get signed in Portland? Because it was after the the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, he it was he like during that. He time. wasn't a part of a team for a while, so he was always available to the Lakers, um, and they never they never picked him up. I, I honestly was very surprised that they never picked him up. But when they didn't and Portland signed him, that told me like, oh, the Le- LeBron is going to say out to public that, you know, Melo still has it. But secretly, he probably realizes I don't want this guy on my team. He's probably not going to help me win. 
I think that uh, yeah, maybe me, the best possible scenario is that somehow both Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook end up on the Lakers, and then they win a championship, <laughs> and then James just doesn't have one, and then he can have one. <laughs> I like that scenario, actually. I, I spent this morning the, my entire getting up process creating an elaborate fantasy about all of this. And my, <laughs> my, what, what I came up with is in 2022, 2023, after LeBron's uh, three-peated with the Lakers, uh, he chooses to forego extension of his contract to join the, what, the previous uh, Western Conference runner-up Thunder uh, the following mm-hmm. season. With MVP finalist Shea Gilgis Alexander, two-time DPOY Lugans Dort, All mm. NBA player Darius Baisley, uh, freshly signed rookie uh, Phenom Bronny James, and <laughs> resurgent career rebirth of Six Man of the Year Russell Westbrook shooting four point five threes a game, and uh, they could lead on. This to is win like the championship porn for me right now. <laughs> yeah, it was a great four point uh, five threes a game. Dude, it's how he's going to, you know, he's going to rebirth his his career. (laughs) Yeah. And who is the coach of this Thunder team? Well, that part I didn't really care about. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Collison. I I was going to say, I I I think we all know it's Nick Collison. I would love it. We all know it's Nick Collison. Or, or, hey, (laughs) something that's a true thing, a true rumor that may actually happen. Antonio Daniels. I would really dig that. Oh, I saw that. I, you know, I would love, he would be, he, he needs to be considered, I think. Yeah. He's so great. And he, the Thunder community already loves him so much. Like, I, I hope that Sam considers that. I'm sure that he will, you know, I, I, I think that's a home run, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he is better and wants to be in uh, media and not coaching. I, you know, who knows? But I love the idea of Antonio Daniels uh, coaching the Thunder next year. And I think he, he would really fit. Oh yeah, with like a new young team, you know, he would be perfect for this team. Like it would be perfect, match made in heaven. Have have Nick Collison as his lead assistant. I mean, come on, man, it's it's perfect or, storybook. Or we fuse some people together. Like we take the genetic makeup of Antonio <laughs> Daniels and Mike D'Antoni, and then we get Mike D'Antonio Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, I lo- I like that idea. A do lot. they do yeah. they do the the <laughs> dance or the rings? How do, how do we fuse these people together? <laughs> Clearly a dance. You're gonna have to watch Mike D'Antoni dance. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, man. it was a fun fantasy. I don't think any of that's the winning happen, though. The winning and coach in uh, Thunder history, Mike D'Antonio Daniels. That sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> I love it. Well, the offseason will be an adventure. I mean, we'll see. I feel like the draft is in just a few weeks. I mean, it's coming up real quick. It's uh, today. Then... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's get to a TV set. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, I mean, now the adventure begins. I mean, the Thunder don't have a coach. Uh, the Rockets don't have a coach or a GM. <laughs> the, you know, like the players are going to be gravitated towards Los Angeles, probably. They want a ring, they want to play with LeBron. Um, all these new young rising stars in the league, you know, Luca and, uh, you know, what Miami did with Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and those guys. Like, it's going to be real interesting to see how the GMs structure their teams. Uh, I'm ready for it. I mean, that's fellas. In a weird way, offseason is just as fun as the regular season, you know, <laughs> just to see oh, no. what, well, yeah. what will happen. 
I've got two uh, poignant discussion points I feel like that we could talk about before we get into our music challenge. Uh, I'm going to list them both at the beginning, and then we'll get into them. The first one that I have is, who is the legitimate contender against the Lakers for the next three to four years? And the second question is, how long uh, through this draft process do you think it will take the Thunder to get back to... uh, to a point where we feel pretty confident that we're making Western Conference Finals. Are the first question easier than the second thoughts. question? I know. That's why I said them at the same time, because I can't imagine the first one taking very long. <laughs> there are a lot of contenders against the Lakers. I don't necessarily think that they will, any of them will beat the Lakers. But there are, like, I don't... Let me put it to you this way. As I mentioned uh, when we were talking yesterday, Victor, the... Jimmy High Roller video talking about how this was the the easiest route to a championship, like one of the easiest in the last 30 years based on, uh, you know, what's something called the simple rating system, which takes into account yeah. regular season uh, records and like strength of schedule and all of that sort of stuff. The Lakers had it easy by that uh, definition this season because they played the, the Blazers, the... Uh, Rockets, you know, that were microball, and then the Nuggets. Um, in terms of their path to the championship, I think it will be much, much, much more difficult moving forward. I mean, we've talked about this before. The West is going to be legitimate, a legitimate bloodbath next season. The the probably the nine and ten seeds will both have winning records, and they won't they won't make it in. I mean, you're going to have the Warriors are going to be back. And we don't really know exactly how good they're going to be, but they're going to be good. Um, yep. The suns are rising. You've got the the kids, the kids <laughs> nice. in. Uh, I didn't intend it, but I'll take it. The kids in in <laughs> New Orleans, they're going to be pretty good. They could potentially true. make the playoffs. Obviously, the Blazers are always in contention there, especially if they find someone that third piece that they need. The Nuggets, uh, another team. Memphis too. Like if they find someone else to offload some of that work from Ja, then they were going to at least destroy other people's records. You know, absolutely. I think I think I put Memphis in kind of the 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 later. Like they're yeah, they've got more time to build up, but I think that they're going to be in right up there. Honestly, the only team from this season that I think is going to be worse next season is probably the Houston Rockets. Other than that, every team in the West, well, and the Thunder. Of course. Other than that, I think most of those teams are going to be better next season. And then you can look at the East. Obviously, you got Brooklyn coming back. Miami is clearly way better than anyone ever gave them credit for. Mm-hmm. Boston's still great. Uh, the Sixers are probably going to be better because they've got a coach now. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's a whole lot happening uh, to Toronto will be back. Toronto will probably be back. I mean, We'll see what happens with them. I, I've already heard, I've already heard some rumors of people trying to poach some of their players. Marcus All yeah. already went back to Europe. Uh, people yeah. are talking mm-hmm. about the Rockets need to pick up Serge Ibaka, which would be just more pain for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Raptors. Either way, there's a lot of teams that could stand in the way of the Lakers, at least in, in my view. Jeremy, yeah. I'm gonna let you answer the second question because I have no idea. Um. Well, f- oh, that was a nice sound. That's uh, my PC going in battery saver mode. 
Ah, <laughs> nice. So uh, going back to your first question, Victor, did did you mean like in the immediate future, like next year, or did you mean like over the course of the next, you know, era of uh, I'd say next NBA three, four basket? years. That's the next three, four years. Um, I, I'm going to say a team in the West anyway that, that maybe you guys wouldn't expect will be the team if the Lakers do kind of turn into like a little mini dynasty here, the, the, the LeBron acres, if you will. Um, I just made that up. That's not very good. I'll come up with something better. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, you I mean, obviously Denver's great. Obviously Utah's great. Obviously, uh, Phoenix, uh, uh, Phoenix is rising as, uh, Eddie said, but the team that I think will, will challenge the Lakers the most in the West is Dallas. I think that, their coach, uh, uh, Rick, uh, what's Carlisle? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> exactly. Joe Biden. I think their, I think their coach, <laughs> uh, Lloyd Christmas, um, will. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's a good coach for Luca. I mean, he's proven himself. I mean, he's an NBA championship winning coach, you know. But I, I think that they're going to build around Luca in in a really nice way, and I, th- I think that team is going to be dominant uh, years to come. In the East. It's Boston and Miami. I'm not going to put any faith in the 76ers, even even though they have Doc. I just I love Doc, but I'm just not sure that that's going to work out the way that they want it to. But we'll see. You know, I could I could be dead wrong. And what was your second question, Victor? Uh, how long until the Thunder's like back into whenever we start a season? We're like, okay, we should we're a conference champions. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like we people are predicting at least the NBA Finals for this team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's tough because you got to think about how the rest of the league, particularly the Western Conference, is is rising too. And some teams will fall over the next few so years. So let like me put Clippers, it this way: but, where, where, how long until we feel like we have the talent and the cohesiveness just in camp, where we know our particular unit is firing on all cylinders, and it's going to take something to beat us, no matter who you are. I think year after next. I think really? one more, yeah, one year of growing pains, and then I think year after next, I, I think that they will, I'm not saying they're going to win that year, but I'm saying that, that they will be in contention and they will be able to beat anyone. I think it's going to take us like three years. I, 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 can, <laughs> could. I can see where you're coming from, Jeremy, on that. I, it's hard to say that, uh, I don't know that that season we will have the expectation because I think what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to surprise people in the playoffs the season before. Then there is an expectation. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to have yeah. to make the playoffs. Maybe it's a seven, eight seed. Be like, yeah, they're they're good, but there's no hope. And then we beat someone in the first round, and it's like, oh, these guys are actually good. And then we push like second round to like seven games or something, or even make it to the the conference finals and then get swept. I don't know, something like that. I mean, it's very similar to yeah. the rise that we experienced in the first era of Thunder basketball. You know, we didn't, no one necessarily expected us to, to be great. And then we went out and we took the Kobe Lakers to six games, you know, and then, yeah. mm-hmm. and then we made it to the conference finals. So I think yep. we're going to have to show something beforehand. But I think I do agree with what you're saying, Jeremy, in that year after next will probably be the season we get back in the playoffs is, is I would, I would, I would feel comfortable betting on that. 
Yeah, playoffs definitely. Um, I I guess I'm asking when are people fearing us again? When are people not at all wanting to match up with us? Because that was the case I felt like um, before the end of that particular era where the playoffs yeah. were starting and there was no one that wanted to match up with us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm yeah. gonna um, I'm gonna say the third like if next season is season one, season three is what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, which is I think exciting. I, I think is, that's is, a healthy. You know, that's very yeah. exciting. It's it's not. I mean, next year could be like a. It probably will be a quote unquote rebuilding year or whatever. But that doesn't mean that the team isn't going to grow and the team isn't going to uh, win a lot of big games. You know, I mean, they may not make the playoffs. They probably won't actually. Uh, but who knows? I mean, there's there's going to be so much activity in the postseason. I think that uh, I'm, I'm just preparing myself for several years of not having very many expectations um, because this year was great. I had zero expectations. We got Lou Dory out of this. We got a ridiculously reborn Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, just the knowledge of the potential that lives inside of Darius Baisley and Shea. And then I also just got to love on Dennis, who I'm sure soon will not be a part of our team, but love him to pieces now. Now I want him to be successful wherever he's at. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I want to see what happens with the roster, you know, before I try to, you know, create all these expectations in my head about when the Thunder will be able to get back to contention and stuff. I know that's a cop-out, but... I mean, we really don't know what this team's going to look like next year. It could be a lot of the same players, or it could be like Shea, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, like Dennis Schroeder, and then literally the rest of the roster could be different. I mean, we we just don't know. Um, and I, again, I know that's a cop out, but it's it's hard. It's just hard to predict. It's hard to predict uh, what next season and and then you know the seasons after that will look like right now. Ooh, do you guys want to play some if then? Yeah, I love that game. All right. So here's the first prompt. If Chris Paul stays on the team for two more years, then what, Jeremy? Then he will retire uh, as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then, oh, man. I don't want to say that because I don't want to put that out into the universe. <laughs> I was going to say then his his last like playoff games have already been played, but but again, I don't know that. But that was the thought that tickled my brain cells. So maybe oh, I should put that out I there. I should not have said two. I just meant one. If he finishes his contract, is what I meant. Just one. Okay. Okay. I, just one. Um, I don't think he'll retire then. Actually, I, I think that he will go play somewhere else. Um. And I'm going to go ahead and say that he will be an all-star next year, too. Thunder won't make the playoffs, but he'll be an all-star next year if he plays another year with the Thunder. You think... So you, you don't you don't think that the Thunder make the playoffs if he stays? This year? Yeah, this upcoming this season. Upcoming season? I, I mean, again, it's like really... Like, we don't know what the teams are going to look like, but if, if things happen in my head the way that uh, it seems like they will, Warriors... Nuggets, Jazz, Blazers, 
Mavs. The Spurs are not going to be down and out for very long, maybe like a season. Of course, they might be good next season. Like It's just hard for me to think about that many teams and thinking about how the Thunder will probably be very, very young, even with Chris Paul. It's just hard for me to think that they will make the playoffs against all that competition. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just thinking, like, if the team we saw were just to run it back against the revamped West next season. With I, possibly, like, no Gallo and somebody else instead of Gallo or just, just no Gallo. <laughs> or, or with Gallo. You know, I, yeah. I, I have to believe that if Chris Paul stays and, you know, he talks to Gallo and was like, hey, let's run this back. The Gallo is going to sign a one-year deal with us, you know. Yeah. At the very least. He did he did call Chris Paul like those two really like each other a lot. It's true. They did. Yeah. I think I think Chris Paul said Gallinari was one of his favorite teammates ever at one point in the season, which is a pretty bold statement, honestly. Uh, yeah, I honestly I don't see either of those people wanting to stay if the other does not at this point. I I don't think Chris yeah. Paul wa- I don't think they either really want to stay because I know that they they feel that the ceiling on in Oklahoma city is a bit lower than they would like, but let's just say hypothetically that we were just running back. I would say that we had, we had just as much chance to make the playoffs as anyone. Like I said, I, someone probably two teams are going to be sitting out of the playoffs next season. And they're going to be good enough right now to make it. I mean, it could, it could very well be the rockets and the spurs. It could be the yeah. Suns and the Mavs. I mean, it could be any team. All all it's going to take, yeah. it's going to hinge on one or two injuries and just a couple of, of bad plays at the end of a game or two to to separate yeah. the, the at the very end of the conference. So I think the Thunder could make it. I mean, we were the five seed this year. I you know I don't see <laughs> us dropping so crazy off that much. I don't see four teams overtaking us but yeah i also don't think we're gonna run it back so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's all a mystery I'm, i'll just celebrate the mystery at this point um uh, okay i got another if then i'll start with eddie if the thunder finds a way to trade steven adams um I can't tell you who or what work because I haven't done enough of that on the trade machine, but I guess it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Then what? <laughs> I think if... And I've been I've been thinking about this for a minute, um, but now with what has happened, I think that it becomes far more likely. I think that the Thunder trade the Steven Adams to Houston so that he can play with Russ and James. Then... Uh, they return to old school basketball and become a, a good NBA team again. That's not who a, a do gimmick. we get? Who well, do we get? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> they don't have any desirable draft picks, really. Yeah, I mean, we already got we, a couple of those got bad picks. boys. I don't know. I don't know. Daniel House. We're getting Daniel House. Yeah, or Ooh. or uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're maybe. I mean, they, would, they take, wouldn't trade PJ. I take but, Covington. Yeah, at least, it's Covington. Not, if, at least it's not Chandler Parsons. That would be <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, he, he's 
he's the one player that if that trade were to happen, Steven Adams to Houston, if if Covington was involved in that trade, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I'm I'm fine with that. The you problem know? is, of and course, I, that, that they, you know, that the reason you feel okay with that is the same reason they don't want to trade him. You know? Oh, yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, he's important. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. Um Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I will answer the question, but first of all, if Steven Adams gets traded this offseason, that'll be sad for many, many different reasons. But one of those reasons is that the Thunder's chance at redemption for the James Harden trade way back in the day will will completely be demolished because Steven Adams is the one remnant of that trade when Presty traded Harden to uh, the Houston Rockets. So he was the 12th draft pick, and, and uh, Sam picked him that year. Are you in a Formula it, One it, car? Uh, no, you can hear the highway really well, though. They were they just went by. Um, but, uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought about Steven Adams. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I always had this fantasy that, you know, the Thunder would win a championship with Steven Adams, and he would be a big part of that championship, you know? Like, he would make all these really important plays in the finals that, that ultimately helped the Thunder win. And then that, every everyone that has been like a, a prestige critic you know for that trade would have to shut up because Harden doesn't have a ring and now Steven Adams does and he was an important part of bringing a ring to Oklahoma City so that would be gone so that would be sad for that reason but I will say if he gets traded we will get a piece back that will be another cornerstone player for for the Thunder a player that is is on the younger side maybe a four or maybe even a five that shoots the the three maybe that hasn't been developed yet from inexperience or whatever other reason, but that player would match like Shea and Dort and Baisley like really, really beautifully. I think that would happen. I think Presti would make that a priority if you were to trade him. I don't want him to go at this point, but yeah, I'm open to it. Honestly. I mean, I love the guy, but I understand how the league works. You know what I mean? I, I know that some things run their course over time. And if he goes somewhere else and it's like a better fit for him ultimately, and he, who knows, he's able to like, you know, win a ring with another team. I mean, that's hard for Thunder fans Maybe for he could go to many other reasons, but I'd be okay with that. That's interesting. If Dwight Howard leaves, like it's possible, then he shows up instead. I think that'd be great. Yeah. I, Dwight Howard is going back to the Lakers. He's one guy I think could leave the Lakers this season, this off season. Yeah. He, I'd like to see Dwight Howard uh, back well, in Houston? No, I was gonna say in Portland, but they've already got Hassan Whiteside, and I, I mean, unless they want to just jettison him off somewhere, which I guess they could do, and they may want to. But then they've they can send him to Nurkic. They can send him to New York. They can send Whiteside to New York. Yeah, well, there's die. there are already rumors <laughs> of Russell being traded to New York, which makes me very very sad. All of those rumors about Russell being traded makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of got screwed in that deal, but yeah. Yeah. um, I've only got one more. um, If then. Uh, It was, it was, it was about that. (laughs) If Russell Westbrook leaves the Houston Rockets and I guess it wouldn't be leaves gets sent away from the Houston Rockets. Then what fellas? For Russ or for the Houston Rockets? For or the both. league. For the league. <laughs> for the league. Hmm. And for all parties involved. 
Wow. If Russell gets traded from the Rockets, then it will be to not a good team. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that's honestly the first thought that pops into my head. Like it'll pro- they'll probably do him kind of dirty, you know, like they'll probably send him to New York or they'll probably send him to Charlotte or something and just get back a bunch of assets cuz I think Houston is going to have to look at turning things over here pretty quick. I mean, who knows? They it might be right now is when they're turning things over. I mean, Daryl Morey's out, Mike D'Antoni's out. Um, I yeah, I, I could I could see that happening. Honestly, if, I could see them if, sticking with James. But what if Tillman? <laughs> what if Tillman leaves? Also, what if Tillman's like I'm selling the team? I just, <laughs> I don't even want to. I don't even want to look at it. Uh, we're actually moving the Rockets I, to Seattle, guys. No. Oh. <laughs> Let's get a third team in LA. That'd be yeah, we definitely need that. Gosh, the LA Rockets. We only have one team in LA, Jeremy. That, uh, that other pile of people doesn't count as a team. Oh gosh. Yeah. I could see that happening with Russ though, and that makes me sad. Like I would hate to see him get traded to a team where, you know, he Of course it might be like a Chris Paul in Oklahoma City type situation. It might be like a very average or bad team like yeah. the Pistons hey, he could or go, the, he could go average you know, whatever. Triple double again, become the first guy to ever average a triple double for two different teams. <laughs> sure. Oh god. Why not? Why not? I, I if that if that were to happen, I I would be fine with that. I, you know, I would, you know where I'm he gonna could... go ahead and call it. Here it is, right here. Hot take of the century. If Russell Westbrook's traded to the Knicks, he's going to the playoffs with the New York Knicks next season. Book it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, here's what I want. I'm looking at the roster right now because I think about it. I honestly would hate for him to have to live in the East Coast. But if I'm looking at the roster, what about him going to somewhere like Orlando where it wouldn't be a disaster? Uh, they just wouldn't be good. So he's still got Vucevic and Fournier and Aaron Gordon yeah. and, you know, whoever else they get. Yeah. I like him and Vucevic together. I, I think that would be a really fun pick and roll tandem and Vucevic can step out and hit a three too. I mean, Orlando made the playoffs this year. I mean, the East was not terrible this year and they made the playoffs. Yeah. What about Miami? I just don't see him and Jimmy Butler working that great together. And it's like they, they're so loaded with guards anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. It was a, it was, if he, it was a twinkle if he of a went dream. to Miami, I mean, they've got they've got so much shooting and with those young yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's you know? the other thing. I was like, you know, maybe he, you know, they've got Drag Dragic, so, obviously, but so we got to talk about who's leaving then, because it's like definitely no Kendrick Nunn. There's like because he he's a player that I feel like has been given the idea that he should have some playing time, even if he doesn't actually deserve it. So he would be gone. You don't want him on your team anymore when you know you're not going to play him because Russ is there now. I I don't know what's on Iguodala's contract, but he's probably just going to have. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. he signed. What about, just fine. What about Dragic? What's Dragic's contract? I'm curious. Uh, I actually think Dragic is a free agent. Uh-oh. That's interesting. He could he could be really good somewhere. He could be good in like Los Angeles, <laughs> San Antonio. <laughs> I just have this thing. Can, like, I think the Lakers are just going to sign every point guard that's ever played and win rings with all of them. I just it just feels like that's what's going to happen. I see. I really truly like, think uh, Derrick Rose is going to be in LA next season. 
One important, yeah, I saw that too. One important thing for Miami is how much they decide to pay Bam. Um, yeah, yeah Dragic yeah. is an unrestricted free agent, but Miami has Bird. Yeah, rights. I just saw that. Yeah. Okay. And gotcha. How how much can they offer Bam and still be okay with? Uh oh, sorry. Sorry, my CBS goodness. decided. CBS, <laughs> C- CBS is trying to hijack our podcast. Uh, you cannot take any advice like, for our man. podcast unless you have the express written consent of the Thunder Moneyball podcast. That's right. <laughs> express written. Right? Both of those. I thought we had like a, a guest on the show at first. I was like, what the heck is happening? Bam uh, is still no, on contract uh, next season, by the way. But he's it, but he's extension time for him, you know? That's they true. Decide yeah. I mean, he's going to get maxed. How much they're going to pay him. He's going to get a max because he, he already well, owns the I, max for them. For yeah. Sure. He's got to get it. How much is left on Jimmy's? Uh, Jimmy's got, he's got like three more seasons. Okay. Yeah. Because he, he signed the max have, with them. Yeah. Well, this is the time because those rookies still are on their rookie contracts. Yeah. I guess. Yep. Kendrick Nunn, uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler, uh, no Tyler hero. Because he was a first round pick, he has a four year contract. But Duncan Robinson and yeah. Kendrick Nunn both only have next year on their contract. I so mean, as I far can, as that team, I see like two or three people fighting to stay on the team. Like Kelly Olynyk's gonna have to have a reason to be there. <laughs> he's a great player, but I mean, I feel like he's definitely movable. Like if they lost Kelly Olynyk and. Like, what if, oh my goodness, what if they subscribe to some smaller ball since Bam is pretty much a point forward word anyway, and they found a way to get Steven? Like, they don't have the money to really do that, but what if they found a way to get Steven? That's interesting. Bam can't shoot, can he? Like, he can't step out and shoot a three. Uh, no, I, think, I honestly don't I think remember. He can. I don't think he's like uh, super great at it, but I mean, he was making yeah. uh, those mid range shots. I mean, he, he didn't, makes, he didn't uh, take he just, very many. He's not, yeah, he's not very much a three-point shooter, but I will say that his overall field goal percentage is still 56%. So yeah. I know that not all of his shots were at the rim is all I'm saying, and he was shooting 56%. Here's, here's, yeah. here's a scenario yeah. I can see. You lose Drogic, and he goes, mm, honestly, I, I could see him He'd being be really good in Houston. Yeah, that would... You know, you you topped mine with that. I was gonna say Houston, but you're right. San Antonio would be fantastic for yeah. him. Yeah, I feel like he's mm-hmm. a San Antonio player. That's 19 million, yeah. and then you trade Ig- Iggy to Houston, and you get Russ. And I think that's enough to cover Russ's salary right there, at least for yeah. I mean, in the for for the short term future. And I think Miami, with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, man. If any team in the NBA can rein in Russell Westbrook, it's them. And he, he is interesting. certainly going to play as hard as anyone else on that team. I don't, I think mm-hmm. he and Jimmy Butler would be a great tandem, actually. Well, they, those now guys I think would about try what hard Jimmy so does hard. for the young people. Yeah, I think what they do for the young cats, I think that that would probably be great. Imagine being Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, and every day in the gym is Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook yelling at you. Right. <laughs> It'd be so, like... <laughs> yeah. Here's what we need to do, fellas. We, the three of us need to infiltrate the Houston Rockets system. We need to be the GMs. And then we can make all this stuff happen that we want to happen. You know, all... Because we would control, you know, James' contract and Russell's contract. Like, we could totally make 
these things happen to benefit the Thunder and get Russell in a good spot where he can compete for a ring and have some good teammates around him. Like, that's what we should do. We should, like, you know, try to infiltrate that system. You know? I would screw some stuff up. I should not be trusted with that amount of responsibility. <laughs> I, I don't see how that could go wrong, honestly. Like, I think the three of us are definitely smart enough to Please to tell make me that PJ happen. Tucker's contract is also up because he's just got to go. He's so old. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it, what his contract looks like. Do you know who the only older person on the team than PJ Tucker is? There's two actually. Tabo, Tabo, and yes. Jeff Green. No, Tabo and Chandler. Jeff Green is oh, younger yeah. than PJ Tucker. Tyson Chandler's done. He's not going to get it signed anywhere else. I think his career's over. I keep still thinking that he played for the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> like we've already had done this on this podcast before like months ago he's yeah. so irrelevant that i still don't think that he plays for the team he currently plays for how many <laughs> players on the rockets team do you think have played more than 10 years in the league uh let's see russ Je- yeah james harden of course jeff green um not Austin Rivers. Eric Gordon, I think, has. He's probably like at 11 or 12. Uh, are we counting Tabo? I mean, yeah. he, he wasn't in the bubble. Okay, Tabo. Um, Covington's like probably six or seven years, I think. I don't think he's there yet. Tyson Chandler, of course. Nene is not still on their roster, is he? He's not. It's not some, he's not. Okay. I didn't know if it was some weird situation where he was there. But a similar player that's been playing for not all, not as long, but also fits this category that is on their roster. Really? Hmm. A similar, like, position player? Yeah. Hmm. Who would that be? I guess he's significantly shorter, but I feel like he did the same things as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. P.J. Tucker. For the record, a straight-up trade of Andre Iguodala for Russell Westbrook works. Ooh. I, that, I'm going to tweet Pat Riley right now. assuming that, uh, that I think Drogic does not resign. I don't that's know who that other player you're talking about is, Victor, but I'm going to say nine. Uh, it's I think I counted eight. Let me see. One, two, three, four, eight. There's eight. One of them was Damari Carroll. Oh, Damari Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. Completely forgot he played for them. And then next year will be P.J. Tucker's 10th year. Is all I'm saying is that team had. We're saying that they probably will. I'm saying they need to. Like, there's no, there's no reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> this team is not making a deep playoff run. Yeah, they, they're. I mean, they're in trouble. Of anyone in the West, anyone in the league, they're in the most trouble. They, they, I think they have to make a decision. See... Like, yeah, really, they, it's, it's, it's. Are you going to keep with James Harden or are you not? I don't even think yeah. Russ plays into it really for them. If they if they're if yeah. they're gonna keep trying to win with James, then you build around James. Otherwise you blow the whole thing up. And if you keep trying to build around James, one of the things that they might do is flip Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You know, try to get some more young assets, try to get some more whatever, you know, whatever it is that they need. Honestly, I don't I don't know what they need because the, what they tried last season just did not work, and it will not work next season either. I, I it works think, in the short term. I, think they, but I mean, I I think Stephen Adams would make that team better. I really do. I do too. I do too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, get, get someone. He can't shoot threes. 
I mean, he probably can, but he never does. But the fact that he is like probably one of the best screeners in the NBA. I mean, he, he's just, he would open up the lane, which would then open up the threes for all their shooters. I got an if then for you, Victor. Okay. If Steven Adams gets traded to another team and he starts shooting threes for his next team, then he was forced to do it. He's on record of saying that there's nothing that he does on the court that he doesn't feel like he could do in his sleep. That doesn't mean he doesn't think he can shoot threes. He's just saying he's never going to be like, this was the wrong option whenever it's time for him to shoot the three. Then it will have been forced upon him is the way that I feel. Ah, okay. I just think it would be funny if he got traded to Houston, for example, and then he started shooting like two or three threes a game and he averaged like 36% for the season. That would be... (laughs) I mean, I'd be happy for him, but then again, I would be like, why did we not try that? Like, that could have been a weapon that we could have used. Yeah, part of me <sighs> wonders what it is is kept him from shooting threes. Because, like, clearly, I mean, you've seen, we, they've run plays for him in very weird circumstances to shoot a three. That first play yeah. in the yeah. season, and then again in the bubble. Yeah. I mean, he, they know that he can. He knows he can. Was it his decision to never do that because he wants to play the for the team, or was it the was it the coaching staff's decision to say, "Hey, we don't want you to do that"? Or did they not encourage well, even, him to do it, but they didn't like forbid it? Like I don't know. It, for me, it makes more sense for him to shoot threes on our team than on Houston's team because if he's surrounded by shooters, then ideally that's the that's the confidence in the shooters is I'm going to shoot and Stevens getting it if I miss. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, all those offensive rebounds. I, he would he'd break yeah. the record for offensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah, I would think Stephen Adams is the kind of player where, if he feels that shooting threes is not going to benefit his team, then he then he's not going to do it. Right. You know. Yeah. He he just seems like that kind of player, and maybe that's why he's not. But it is so curious, isn't it? Like that first play of the preseason when everyone was talking that he's probably going to step out and start shooting threes this upcoming season, they ran a play and it was a beautiful play. And he just drilled that corner three, um, didn't even hit the rim. And then we just like never saw it again for several games. I don't know if they were like just trying out different things or if they were trolling the fan base, making us think that that was going to happen. I don't know what their intent was with that, but I would like to believe that Sam Presti and the coaching staff were all on board with trolling the fan base. That would make me feel (laughs) Great, because I already love Presty, and I appreciate him having some fun. It's like me. I wear a tie every oh, day, yeah. but I got some weird socks on every day, too. You got to have some fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wear a tie some days. Some days I don't wear a shirt, you know? Like... <laughs> With a tie. Tie, no, tie, oh, yeah. no shirt. I, right. I Fred Flintstone that's it a, sometimes. That's a J.R. Smith outfit if I ever saw one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bow tie, no uh, shirt. That's a new one. I don't think anybody's yeah. done that. Well, Chippendale has done that. If he, if, if he wears a necktie, then it's definitely got like a naked woman on it or like a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> it's just Supreme. It's just the Supreme logo. Just a necktie. Oh, no. No. And he's already got it tattooed on his leg, dude. So Yeah. God, what an idiot. So do we know when uh, the, the market is open, so to speak? Do we know when trades can start happening? Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know that information. Here's here's what I think. I think that the market will be open before anything happens. I think that because we're in this kind of holding pattern for the league, that teams won't be making any moves until they know 
what the plan is to start playing again. Mm. It looks like, okay, I'm looking at a schedule right now. November 18th, NBA draft day. I mean, all this could change, obviously. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, never mind. This this isn't very good information. I'm not sure uh, that, that they may even know very well point. be the draft day. Yeah, yeah. Cause what, yeah you're right. Normally, the draft normally happens before free agency starts, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, there there often are like trades and things that happen on draft night, but yeah, as far as like free agency goes, yeah, I think it's after. Mm-hmm. Because it's usually draft at the end of June, and then free agency like the first week of July. Yep. Usually like July first. Yeah, and like all or the, July fourth, summer two thousand sixteen. All those deals happened tonight. <laughs> no, that was because that wasn't because remember the free agency had already started because he 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 had gone to meet with all those teams over the weekend. Oh yeah, he yeah, just didn't make yeah, his decision right. until then, which he had already made his decision. He just drew it out because he's a little baby. He's lots of things. <laughs> he's a pretty tall baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. He's a tall little baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm changing the episode title to Tall Little Baby. <laughs> We've called Kevin Durant lots of names on this show, but Tall Little Baby is the new one, and I kind of like it. I think it fits him. I, I just like it because the episode had nothing TLB. to do with him until just now, and now it's the title of the episode. Why do Why do we always have to talk about him? Like, no, okay. I, I dream of a day I, where Thunder fans us. don't have to. He is I, know. I dream of lover, a day where man. we don't have to we talk are, about him. This anymore, is PTSD. Though. We're going through it. Okay, it's going to take a long time. You know what do they say? Let's like go, like twice the length of your relationship. So. No, Catch me in like 2045 <laughs> and we'll be good. <laughs> Ap- apologies to our inner circle that has to deal with this trauma the whole time. <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh. Um, let's go into our therapy right now and talk about our music challenge. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, who wants to go first? Go for it. Well, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. You're, okay. You're, all you're right. Just, yeah. So we we had said that we wanted to maybe do some EPs, and admittedly, this this album that I've chosen for you guys to listen to, I thought it was an EP because there's only eight songs on it, but technically it is an LP, I guess. But um, I'm going to assign you an album that is synonymous with uh, fall time during my college years in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Uh, artist is Owen, and his album is called At Home with Owen. This guy is a lot of albums under this uh under this name but also he has a band called american football that's really really good i think it's a good fall time album i think it fits like kind of the windy blustery football type weather um i think you guys will really appreciate the natural instrumentation on this like the guitar work is excellent there's lots of really great like piano harmony there's strings that kind of pop in sometimes in unexpected moments uh, it's very well orchestrated it's very well mixed too i think um and as far as like his lyrics go he has this like level of honesty and sentimentality that few artists have and he expresses it very very clearly uh so, some artists they, they they're honest and they're open about their feelings and their views and their passions and stuff, but it maybe it's 
obvious to them, but it's not so obvious to the listener. We just feel the mood. We don't really, you know, get the lyrics maybe on the level that they want because they evoke all these different kinds of things. But he just has a way of storytelling where he just says things, you know, very straightforward. And it's kind of like he's having a conversation with you, which is beautiful. There's a nice Velvet Underground cover on it called Femme Femme Fatale. I think you guys are really going to like this album. It's, it's a little different than anything I've assigned you guys in the show before, but, uh, Um, I think you'll like it, but no pressure to like it. I'm getting some strong, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers vibes from all these descriptions. So I'm pretty excited about some wholesomeness. (laughs) I think, well, I think when you listen to the lyrics, you'll change your mind on that one. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, the first track is but bad yeah. news. Exactly. That's why I saw that. And I was like, oh, good. is this going to be, is this going to teach me how to deal with bad news or is this just going to say, hey, it's bad news? Did you know? Cause I think it, I think it might te- teach you how to deal with it, actually. No, that's not possible. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to know, do you, we need to listen to the Japan bonus tracks as well? A, f- a uh, fever no, and stolen that. bike. Because, I mean, that sounds interesting. That's a whole story right there I by mean, itself. Definitely do that if you want. But, yeah, it's not required. Just the uh, the original cut. Eight. I think it's from 2006, if I'm not yes. mistaken. November 7th, 2006. 2006. Yeah. And one time he played a show at Opolis in Norman. And when I saw he was coming to Norman, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I've always wanted to see him. And then I uh, looked at when the actual date was and we had a stupid football game that night I had to go to. So I couldn't make it. Stupid obligations. Woe is me. Responsibilities. Stupid job. Um, It's okay. It's going to be okay. Uh, I just have some trivia on ours, Eddie, that I didn't really think about until... Uh, I was listening to Mike Birbiglia's pod- podcast. Um, Jack Antonoff uh, wrote, wrote that uh, theme music for him and did a lot of things for Ira Glass um, and a lot of other NPR things. Jack Antonoff, who I, I don't know. He's just a wholesome guy. And he is all over this St. Vincent album. I just yeah. realized that. He, you know, absolutely. He's like, He's like the he was like the primary producer of the pretty much the whole album. Yeah. Along with, uh, yeah. with Annie. Um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. He, so, you know what I want? I totally side note, sticky note here, but I want like a collaboration <laughs> with Jack Antonoff and Ludwig Gorenson. I oh want those two dudes to get together and just make an album and like have every track be a different great artist, man. It would mm-hmm. be, it would be the best music ever. <laughs> um, for other people that, that I guarantee, you know, something that Jack Antonoff has worked on. Uh, he did several things. Um, with the group fun like the some nights and we are young he had won some grammys mm-hmm. with those tracks um i'm pretty sure he's i'm pretty sure uh the title track mass seduction got a best rock song grammy also and he definitely wrote that one too so this dude's got like four grammys from clearly knowing how to tap into the uh zeitgeist as far as this is a hit <laughs> Um, but the whole album has just got, I don't, Eddie, I, I don't know that I ever had to put into words. Yeah. I, the, I, the aural soundscape of this album. <laughs> it is, it is hard to describe because it goes all over the place. I mean, yeah. it's clearly, but it still feels like a universe. Like it still feels like a set particular realm. It just is all over the place. I think part of what I love about it so much is how it weaves around between 
Yeah. Like it's clearly it's clearly in the the rock genre world. There's some great guitar, but it's also very electronic. There's a lot of like dance elements to it. There's some there's uh one track in particular that is um that has like uh, it has this uh it's like just piano with isolated vocal and then brings in a whole bunch of strings and like a slide guitar. It's gorgeous. Um, it goes all over the place, but I think, Mm. I think the thing that I love so much about it is that it is, it is a whole through, uh, adventure from beginning to end. And, you know, I, that is what I really love about albums is when they, they, they start someplace and they take you on this ride. And then when you finish, it feels like, you did something, you know, and that's, that's this album in a nutshell for me. It is, it was really one of the best albums, um, that I've heard in the last four or five years. Honestly, I, I really yeah, think you're you going to it, Jeremy. If, if any of the people that are listening have ever heard us talk about any of these albums that we've done in album reviews, it is just a particular, attention and appreciation for nuance that kind of is a running theme i think um and i think that this album just has a lot of spoken unspokens <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i'm looking at the album cover right now yeah. and uh, <laughs> that is not her for I'm- the record <laughs> she uh, they actually she yeah. made like a video i think it was like an instagram video where she was interviewing the the, the woman that is on the cover for the longest time, I thought that that was her, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it it's lovely though. It's a very nice <laughs> album cover for many reasons. Uh, it's, uh, it sounds like it draws on a lot of influences, um, and it sounds like it's a thinker. And I love music like that, so I'm excited about listening to this one. Uh, you know, just uh, small things that don't really matter. She was born in Tulsa. That always means something to me. Um, oh, cool! I'm pretty, that means I'm pretty sure to me she. Too. I'm pretty sure she grew up in Dallas in the Dallas area. Yep, she was. Uh, she's born in Tulsa. Yeah. She also like one of her favorite writers is David Simon. So through lines, uh, one of the writers for The Wire. Yep. Um, oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, I will say this too: the guy behind Owen uh, is a Wisconsin native. He actually still lives there. So a little Justin Vernon connection. I'm feeling, yeah, I'm I was feeling, feeling say, some you, some folksy bony veil. I'm like that's I'm right up that alley right now. That's like yeah, all my world yeah. is yeah. Yeah, I I would say his his music is similar to Boney Bear's first album anyway. All right, uh, for for Emma Forever ago, I yeah. think I think you guys will like it. I think you'll like the storytelling. I think you'll like the the instrumentation and music, and I, I think I think you'll like it. I'm excited. I'm excited to li- re-listen to Mass Mass Seduction as well. I haven't listened <laughs> yeah, to that in a minute. That conversation is gonna yeah. All the conversation we have next week is gonna be great. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I'm gonna make a. Like I'm kind of clicking around on our Google Drive here. Like I'll I'll try to hop on here and maybe we can create a page for different music challenge ideas. You know, because we've been kind of throwing around some different stuff, like how we can mix up the the uh, categories, how we can mix up like the intent of what we're trying to do, all that. I mean, and I just love ex- exploring new music and everything you guys turn me on to. I end up liking and put in rotation. You know, always. You know, so. Uh, but I, I've I have a few different ideas about some things we can do, and I'm sure you guys do too. So I'm very we'll down talk through that. Yep, but I assigned you guys Owen, the album At Home with Owen, and uh, you guys assigned me because you guys have both heard it, and I haven't, or at least I haven't heard it all the way through in its entirety. 
St. Vincent, mass seduction. It's going to be an adventure. They're total, I mean, again, completely different experiences, I think, on these two records, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. This has been a delightful episode. Congratulations once more to the Los Angeles Lakers, the LeBron Acres. That's still bad. I'll come up with a different one Lebr- for the next Lebrakers? episode. I promise, guys. Le- the Breakers. <laughs> the no. Lebreakers. The Lebreakers. The the Lake Ons. No, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, the, the LA Kings. Oh wait, that's a hockey. That's team. that's oh, right. Yeah, I can't <laughs> <Whoops>. use that. <laughs> uh, the, cho- um, the chosen I just thought, team. Hey, before, <laughs> yeah, the the team. Um, uh, if you guys are also going to listen to these uh, albums, you should sh- drop us a tweet or shoot us an email about what you thought about the albums. And oh, we absolutely. Will, we will yeah. shout it out. Yeah, and we'll talk about it on the podcast too because I, I would like to hear what uh, our listeners think about this music as well. And I also would like the opportunity to make fun of you. Without that's right. You. So that's, right. That's, that's what I really want to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys make fun of us all the time when you listen to us, which we encourage, by the way, at least I do. Yeah, I mean, just I don't. don't. It makes me sad. Don't tell. Don't don't like say it to my face. But please enjoy, enjoy making fun of me as much as you like, as long as I don't know about it. Anything else, guys? I think that's it. I'm very grateful for the NBA season and the way that it ended. Uh, mm-hmm. Congratulations to the whole league and to us specifically because we really did a great job and we were very instrumental in that. Go us, absolutely. <laughs> Did a good job watching. I I, I I skipped many a grading period to watch a game. So <laughs> still got that teacher of the year. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And with that, thanks so much for listening to the Thunder Moneyball Podcast. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter at podcast underscore thunder. Follow us there. We'll likely follow you back. And uh enjoy the off season, guys. Enjoy these albums. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye.